time. Time now for the Natural Health Show. This is the place. The one and only Natural Health Show. For natural health information and conversation. It's the Natural Health Show. Coming to you in three, two, one. You know how it goes, right? You make the change in your mind. And you make the change in your body at the same time. The revolution is personal. It's mind changing. It's body changing. The real revolution is in you. And it starts with taking back control of your mind, your body, and your medicines. Hi, Steve Herringer here. This is what you've been listening for. It's the Natural Health Show. This program is an environment, a space, a place where all we focus on is natural health and natural healing. Later this hour, the ever vivacious and always positive Julie Daniluk brings us the Natural Health Show's nutrition break. She's talking about bean sprouts, the perfect diet food, high in fiber with almost non-existent calories. And you can sprout them by yourself. Julie has more in about 15 minutes. Dr. Hal Gunn will be here looking at recent studies showing green tea consumption may prevent functional disability as we age. Drinking five cups of green tea per day shows the most benefits. Hal will explain later in the show. Finally, Dr. Carl MD is here. He says in Canada, one in three of us are diabetic or pre-diabetic. And he speaks to the power of ginger, garlic, turmeric, and cinnamon in controlling our blood sugar levels. Including these in our diet doesn't sound radical, but it is. Dr. Carl's Radical Remedy feature is on the way later this hour. We visit today with someone we are just getting to know on The Natural Health Show. She's been with us a couple of times before. Dr. Sarah Selleck is my guest. Dr. Selleck is a naturopath from Toronto. She's also a fitness instructor, an educator, and a sought-after commentator in the natural health space. I'm very happy to have her with us again today. Dr. Sarah, welcome back to the Natural Health Show. Thank you, Steve. I'm happy to be back. You know, this is round two on the Natural Health Show radio space for you. Yes, it sure is. Yeah, well, good to have you back. Thank you. I'm happy now, to be back. <laughs> are, are you still... Um, coaching fitness. I know you do that. You're, you're a naturopathic doctor, but you coach fitness, I guess, on the side. Yes, it's definitely something I do on the side. I love it so much. I'm actually celebrating 20 years of teaching this year. So it, it's something that I love to do, and I still am training. Wow. So um, when do you find the time to do this? You're a naturopathic doctor. You have a practice. When do you find the time to do the uh, personal fitness? Well, I, I obviously do my own a few times a week, but I do get the opportunity to train others on Friday evenings. Okay, that's how fr- I spend my Friday nights. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a hard one to, to I think, get people to show up and, and uh, get into the physical mode when Friday is kind of a relaxing kind of day. But that just shows your discipline. Yes. You know what? And, and it, that's kind of a, a sidebar to what we're talking about today, which is weight problems, getting pudgy, tipping the scales to previously unknown heights, squeezing into our pants and shirts. We're going to talk about that weighty subject of weight today. The warmer weather, of course, is showing itself now, and now is the time to lose that winter weight that may have been around for maybe more than one winter. It's starting to total up severely. So let's get to the kind of a, 
a first question uh, with you, Sarah, and, and of course, uh, as we said, you're a naturopathic doctor. Is, is it media hype, or do we actually have an obesity epidemic in North America, or is it just something you talk about on the news? What do you think? You know what? We definitely have an obesity epidemic. And what's really unfortunate is that we're seeing much higher rates of obesity in young children. So 18 years old and under, even as young as two and three years old. So it is definitely a problem that we're facing here in, in North America. And it really does require our attention because over just the last 20 years, you know, obesity rates in adults have doubled and in children have actually tripled. Right. Um, maybe it, it could be just because our bodies are designed to hang on to that fat because we might need it in case there's a famine. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's the old days. The, back in the, back in the, the caveman and cavewoman days. Exactly. Um, this is what I'm reading. We hung on to our fat a whole lot because it might not, you know, there might not be any food around for a while. Right. And we're built, we're built that way. We are, but, you know, things have definitely changed. We no longer need, you know, that excess weight because we're not working for hours a day, you know, hunting our food. So our lifestyle has changed. We've become much more sedentary, yet we've still managed to continue to consume calories or hold on to fat as though, you know, we are going to be famished. Well, just in case there is a famine coming, you know, we yes. better have that second burger. It's the Natural <laughs> Health Show. Steve Herringer here with naturopathic Dr. Sarah Selleck. Sarah, let's look at some of the health issues that come along with obesity. Can you explain those to us? Sure. So interestingly, we're seeing increased rates of depression and uh, mental health disorders, breathing problems. Of course, diabetes is on the rise, heart disease. We're also seeing increased rates of cancer, such as colon and breast cancer that may be, you know, linked to obesity. And, you know, another area of health that we seem to be talking a, a lot more about these days is metabolic syndrome. So having one risk factor, such as high blood pressure, versus having multiple risk risk factors. So high blood pressure, you know, blood glucose intolerance. Uh, this, this all increases our risk of heart disease and cardiovascular disease as well as stroke. So the more risk factors present, uh, we're really seeing, you know, an increased risk of developing more serious health conditions. Yeah, sort of an avalanche of health conditions uh, once you put on the weight. Now, are there any changes in terms of how obesity is defined these days? You know, the circumference of the waist, uh, of the waist, the, the body mass index has, is that how it's determined still these days is a body mass index determines obesity? Yeah, we're still Whether it using, is or it isn't there? Yep. So we're still using BMI. Again, it is important to, you know, make note for the listeners that BMI doesn't apply if you're an athlete in pregnancy and children. Really, it doesn't take into consideration our muscle mass. But in terms of it being used as a measure of being overweight or obese, yes, that's correct. By taking your weight in kilograms, divide it, um, you know, by your height in meters squared really is that that basic way that we do assess whether or not somebody is categorized as overweight or obese. So what is the magic number? Well, the magic number, you know, I, I don't really like to follow it all the time, especially being in the fitness industry, but the magic number is 25. So anything over 25, you are considered overweight. Anything over 30, you're considered obese. That's the BMI. The BMI. The body mass index. Now, I'm reading that successful weight loss results from a combination of three things, motivation, physical activity, and caloric restriction. 
Now, I'd like to quickly go through these uh, and, and just quickly look at each one, starting with motivation. Where is motivation involved in, in, in weight loss? Well, motivation is number one because there, there really is no magic formula. It requires effort on an individual's part if they're invested in losing weight. So motivation is number one, and people really do need to find something that they enjoy doing. They need to have that support around them, and they need to have the right mindset. You know, Steve, if we go in into a a program and we've already set ourselves up for failure, chances are we're not going to follow through. We're not going to achieve the goals that we're looking for. How would we set ourselves up for failure? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, a lot of people will go into a program and they'll say, you know, I've tried this already 10 times, so I'm sure this isn't going to work. You know, they haven't even really (laughs) given it a fair chance. They've already determined that the the program's not going to work. So really, you know, even if you've tried before, it's never too late to try again. And I really encourage people to try as much as possible to go in with the right mindset, with a positive mindset. Okay. How about physical activity? How much is enough? You know, it it differs for everybody. There really is no, you know, specific amount of time that people need to be exercising. It really does vary. I'd say more important is consistency. So, you know, if you're going to go to the gym three times a week, try to maintain that every single week. What I'm seeing a lot of is, you know, I'll go five days this week, but then I'll take the next two weeks off. Yes. <laughs> How to kill a program. Okay. Our third, uh, our third, well, what would you call it? Watchword or, or uh, term for success in terms of, of uh, weight loss is caloric restriction. What should we be taking in in terms of calories per day as a man or as, as, as a woman? And uh, how much is too much? Well, I can definitely give you the general numbers. So generally for women, it's about 2,000 calories. And for men, it's about 2,500. But again, I say that really loosely because what about activity level? Where are these calories coming from? You know, I always tell my patients, I say, counting calories does one thing. It improves your math skills. (laughs) But, (laughs) But really, at the end of the day, you know, it's more important to look at how many ingredients are on on the label of what you're about to consume. You want to be choosing natural whole foods that are nutrient dense, more so than focusing on the caloric content of something that you may be about to have. You're listening to The Natural Health Show. This is the place for natural health information and conversation. We'll be back with more after we hear from Julie Danluk and The Natural Health Show's Nutrition Break. Stay with us. Hello, my name is Julie Danluk, nutritionist and author of Meals That Heal Inflammation and Slimming Meals That Heal. Mung bean sprouts are magnificently crunchy with a delicate hint of sweetness. You may have seen them in your Chinese takeout spring rolls, but they really shine when served raw. Bean sprouts are a good source of protein, vitamin C, and folic acid. And why you really want to make them part of your weekly menu is they're the perfect diet food. One cup of bean sprouts contains a mere 31 calories. To put that in perspective, one cup of cooked rice is 242 calories. You can see how keeping yourself full with this high fiber food can help you slim down. Mung beans are also high in choline, necessary for healthy liver detoxification and brain health, making this a great choice to eat after festive activities. You can sprout mung beans by simply soaking the dried beans overnight in a mason jar. Rinse and drain twice a day, and after several days, the sprouts will be plump and juicy and ready to eat. To learn more about the power of healing foods, visit my website at juliedanluck.com. The Natural Health Show's Nutrition Break is brought to you by the Muscle Ache and Pain Solution, 
make sense. This is it, the one and only Natural Health Show, the most listened to natural health radio show in Canada. We thank you for joining us today. Naturopathic Dr. Sarah Selick is my guest, and we are talking why we are so freaking fat. We're trying to figure it out here. We're trying to find some solutions. And you know what? We're going to find those solutions. We have said on this show in the past that adding enough fiber into our diet can help us lose weight. Sarah, tell us about that. How does taking fiber actually help us lose weight? Wow, fiber is so important. And unfortunately, in North America, we're not getting enough. We really need to be getting about 35 grams of fiber a day. The average North American is getting between 10 and 15. So very, very low. But what fiber does for us is it helps us feel full. So I always encourage, you know, my patients or clients who I'm training, have some fiber with your meal or even better, have some fiber before a meal. Because chances are you're going to eat a lot less. You're going to consume less calories, and you're not going to have the same cravings to keep reaching for more. Well, so what sort of fiber before meals would you take or in between meals? Are you talking about eating food or supplementing with fiber? You know, in an ideal world, definitely eating food. So eating fiber-rich foods. You know, there's so many, and I think we can, you know, maybe list a few, you know, barley, peas, you know, flax seeds. Often I add flax seeds to my salad or I encourage, you know, my patients to oatmeal, fruits and vegetables. You know, these are all great sources of fiber. But again, the average person really isn't having some of these important foods at meals. So in in these cases, I always recommend have a fiber supplement. They're easy to take and some of them don't even taste like anything. So you can even mix them in with your foods and not even realize that you've added fiber. Fiber. Well, here's an interesting term, the fiber flush effect. The fiber flush effect. What does that mean? Love that term. So the fiber flush effect really means that when you're consuming fiber, you are also decreasing the absorption of calories from food. So an easy way to explain this, take 35 grams of fiber a day. If you're having 35 grams of fiber a day, you will be eliminating almost 245 calories per day simply by meeting your fiber requirements. Does eating fiber curb cravings? For example, if you're, you know, you are hungry, but you're on a restricted uh, diet, so you want to take some fiber. Does it really curb this desire to eat? Absolutely, it does. And one of the ways it does that is by balancing our blood sugars. So most people will reach for something, either a snack or a treat, because their blood sugars have dipped. So if we're having enough fiber, we're going to be able to maintain our glucose levels and not have those highs and lows or or maybe be tempted with certain snacks. Okay. <laughs> now, have you, I've heard about this, this concept of some people take... Um, all of the calories in a food, they, they, they absorb all of the calories. And some people, just because of their makeup, don't absorb all of the calories uh, that they're, they're eating. Tell me about, you know, about the difference. Uh, in other words, a person who is trim is, could quite possibly not be absorbing all those calories from their food. And someone who is large is, is absorbing all of those calories. 
You know, Can you tell me about that a little? Sure. You know, Steve, it really comes down to digestive health. And, you know, there is that element of, you know, what is a person's metabolism? Some people seem to have a faster metabolism. Some people seem to have a slower metabolism. But at the end of the day, we can all do certain things to improve our digestive health. And the better our body, our gut is functioning, the better our liver is functioning, which is actually the number one fat burning organ, we're going to see a rise in our metabolic rate and we're going to see increased weight loss. The liver involved in weight loss. Surprising. About that. It is. <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I can see restricting calories and I can see exercise and motivation, but the liver, tell me about that. How, how does the liver play a factor in losing weight or keeping weight off? Well, it's pretty amazing. It really is the number one fat burning organ. And, you know, people for years and years have been focusing on diet and exercise and diet and exercise. But many people who are even restricting calories or exercising multiple times a week are just not seeing the results that they want to see. That's when they come into my office. Maybe I sit down with them. We look at their liver health. By improving liver health, you're improving your entire digestive system and your breakdown of food. And in these cases, we're seeing that people are now able to lose weight that maybe they've been holding on to for so many years. How do we keep our liver in, in full flight to help us out with this? You know, taking care of our liver is something that we must do every single day. Every single day we're bombarded by chemicals and pollution. And, and, you know, even just some of the foods that we eat does place quite a bit of a burden on our liver. So we want to make sure we're taking care of our liver every single day. Something as simple as starting your day with warm lemon, lemon water. It's an excellent way to kickstart your liver. Eating, you know, foods that are rich in nutrients and antioxidants, you know, and certain herbs that we can take definitely are going to help support better liver health. As you know, Steve, I'm a huge fan of cleansing. Cleansing is one of the best ways to support the liver, even on a daily basis. All right. A look at trending news in the world of natural health. Health Highlights is on the way in just a few moments. Sarah Selleck, naturopathic doctor, is my guest. Now, you're the perfect person to answer this next question. What is more important in losing weight? Is it the food intake or the exercise output? Great question. You know, I always tell my clients, you cannot out-train a bad diet. So diet and nutrition is number one. If you think about it, you know, my favorite cafe has cookies. I go in there every day, get myself a tea, and I, you know, they actually list the calories right there in front of you. So one cookie has about 380 calories. That's about an hour of walking at a pretty good pace on the treadmill. So if you think about how long it takes to burn off a measly 300 or 400 calories, you know, we really need to be looking at our nutrition. So food intake would, would, would top the actual exercise output, you figure? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Now, let's just look at the, uh, the breakfast, lunch, dinner in terms of calories, the number of calories. Uh, should they be evenly split or one heavier than the other? What do you What do you think? Well, I think it's better to eat a, a really, really good nutritious breakfast. You know, you've been fasting all night. Start your day with 
good protein. You know, protein also burns more calories. Digesting protein requires more energy. So start start the day with a good breakfast, you know, and then a, a lighter lunch, but an even lighter dinner. I, again, I don't focus too, too much on calories. I'm more interested in what is on your plate? What is the portion size? Are you getting the nutrients, the macronutrients, the mi- micronutrients, the vitamins and the minerals that you need? And are we are we looking at the chemicals? You know, we really want to move away from a chemical-based man-made diet. Right. So, so you would say that breakfast, you'd want to um, hit up pretty solidly and uh, a lot of protein, probably protein in each meal, mm-hmm. but mostly in the morning and then, and then ease off as you go through the day. Absolutely. And I think it's important, you know, I'd love for the listeners to pause and try to get in touch with that fullness sensation and that hunger feeling. You know, listen to your body. Your body really does know when it needs to eat. And sometimes we mindlessly snack or we overeat just because we're not paying attention. That's right. Be aware, right? Get that um, awareness quotient up so that you, when, when you do feel full, um, you're going to stop. But it, it takes a little while to get to that point, doesn't it? Exactly. Yes, I mean, it when does. they say 20 minutes or something, after you've put food into your stomach, it, it takes a little while for your probably your head to click in that it's in there. <laughs> exactly. And, and we just want to make sure that we're not rushing at meals. You know, sit down, relax, enjoy. It's also going to help with digestion and the breakdown of food. You know, how many people do we see running on the go with their breakfast in one hand, coffee in the other? You know, really, we want to move away from this, especially if we're interested in long long-term health and weight loss. It's the Natural Health Show here with very special guest, naturopathic Dr. Sarah Selleck. Lots more to come, but right now time for the Natural Health Show's Health Highlights. More with Sarah in just a moment. It's a hand-picked, free-range, not from concentrate, organically digitized, original program. It's the one and only Natural Health Show. Health Highlights is a look at trending news in the world of natural health. Health Highlights is sponsored by the good people at Vista Magazine. They are Canada's organic lifestyle magazine, and we thank them for being part of the Natural Health Show for a number of years now. Donna is here, and we would like to take a moment to express our gratitude for having the chance to have put together five years of the Natural Health Show. It was a tiny idea that came to us somewhat unexpectedly, and it grew to become the most listened to natural health radio program in Canada. The Natural Health Show is now going to retire, that is from traditional radio airwaves, but we will be available with all of our past broadcasts uh, at thenaturalhealthshow.ca. And uh, Donna, I know that um, it's kind of a, a mixed, uh, some mixed feelings here because it's been such um, a great show to put together. It's been an incredible amount of work, and we, we are evolving into another uh, project on radio involving natural health. But tell me about some of your thoughts about putting this show together over the last five years. Well, first of all, Steve, it's been fun. It's been fun working with you, it and has been. Uh, and you've been training me to be a broadcaster, and that's uh, been uh, most interesting. You've been training me about natural health in the world of. And isn't that wonderful? We have <laughs> been, share, been sharing our, uh, our the knowledge that we that we have gained over the years. Anyways, you know, I guess what I didn't expect, uh, what I did expect, was that we would bring really good information to uh, listeners across Canada. What I didn't expect was the kind of relationships we'd have with our listeners, and uh, and that has been really important to I know to both of us and the constant. 
uh, devotion and dedication to listening to our show has just been most surprising. And uh, so for a minute, I'd just like to give a shout out to some of these absolutely dedicated uh, listeners. I know I will never mention all of them, but I do want to mention a few that's been there week after week for both in both Vancouver and Toronto. And so a shout out to Trudy Booth and Debbie Martin, Diana Rain, Sharon Starr, Dawn Pryor, Laura Lewis, Dorothy Paul, Sharon Jandoff, Barry Mitchell, and Lonnie Kern. And in Vancouver, hello to Ron Rickey, Lance Shaler, Georgina, who I never knew her last name, Ann Weiser, Stan Michael, Christine McAdam, Gail Brighton, Trudy Schultz, Doreen Brandt, and Sally White. And that's just a small list of some of the people that have meant uh, so much to us over the years, Steve. Also want to send shouts out to Pat Glover and John Rothorn. We do that after every show. But they have been instrumental in putting this program together technically, and they weren't really sure what we were getting into when then we started this. We, we, we weren't, uh, we weren't uh, really aware of what we were doing uh, either, but uh, it all came together so wonderfully, and, and their te- technical expertise uh, came through each and every weekend. Also want to thank uh, radio station CKNW in Vancouver for their help and support. Also, Zoomer Radio in Toronto for their support. It's uh, been an amazing journey. We've had so many uh, important guests. I think we've had the best guest list you could possibly imagine. Talking about natural health, natural healing. We did lots of special reports on alternative cancer care, on the GMO controversy. We did so much work. And, and, and as you said, Donna, it was so much fun. Um, it's uh, well, we're moving now into your Natural Health Minute for radio, again featuring a lot of the same people that have been our, on our show. But that will be debuting, that is the new evolution, debuting in September 2016, your Natural Health Minute for radio. Last show next weekend. Thanks, Donna. Thank you, Steve. The Natural Health Show's health highlights are sponsored by Vista Magazine, Canada's organic lifestyle magazine. Ask for Vista Magazine at your local natural health store. Back with more in just a moment. The revolution continues as we search for the ways and means of taking back control over our food, our bodies, our minds. In our healing, you're listening to The Natural Health Show and Steve Herringer, along with N.D. Sarah Selleck. And uh, Sarah, do you think it's important to supplement with fiber? We covered this uh, just slightly in the first segment, but I wanted to talk about it again. Uh, if we feel, and I mean, you've told us that, you know, as a society, we're not getting enough fiber in, in, in our, our daily diet. Is it a good idea to supplement and when should we do it? You know, it is a good idea. Unless somebody is really meeting their minimum fiber requirements, they really need to be supplementing with fiber. Not only will it give us that sensation that we're full, but, you know, it stimulates important hormones that will also help keep our, you know, our appetite and our our cravings, you know, in control. So the best time to have fiber is before meals, especially if a person is looking to lose weight. The reason why, again, they're probably going to choose a healthier meal because they're not ravenous and they're going to eat a lot less. So that's the best time to have have fiber. Um, so we are going to talk about smoothies uh, in, in terms of uh, a, a meal replacement. 
And, you know, meal replacement, that phrase has gotten a bad rap, I think, uh, probably for a good reason. Is the, a, lot of it, a lot of the commercial meal replacements are full of sugar, is what I've read. What are some smoothies or some ways to replace meals with shakes that work? Yeah, so meal replacements, you know, can be an excellent option. If somebody's on the go, it is better to have a meal replacement than to not eat at all. You know, and sometimes people will just skip meals when really they could be getting all sorts of nutrients, protein and fiber in a very simple, you know, blend of powder with water. You shake it up, go. So I think it's important to have a meal replacement if you're skipping meals, but I'm also a huge fan of nutrition and eating. So a lot of times people will use shakes post-workout, which really provides your body with the protein that it needs to help with building muscle and energy recovery. So do you think shakes also a good way to start the day? In other words, you were talking about, uh, you know, time is tight in these days. Would a shake for breakfast uh, work? Absolutely. And you can put so much in it. You know, you can put some omega-3 fatty acids in it. You can put extra fiber into it. You can put some antioxidant-rich berries into it, some coconut water, which is filled with electrolytes. So there's so many, you know, good ways to make your smoothie a power to your morning. So, again, we want to get back to why we're so friggin' fat these days. And the, the image is, um, it must be, everyone must be eating at fast food restaurants, which, of course, is not correct, but we're still gaining weight. So, you know, the image is always to blame it, uh, the concept, the idea is to blame the fast food world for our weight woes. What do you think about that? Why are we gaining weight? I mean, not everybody's lining up at uh, a fast food restaurant. You're right. And they aren't lining up at a fast food restaurant. But what what they're often doing in place of that is choosing foods in the grocery store that are labeled as healthy. But without reading the ingredients, without reading the nutritional label, you could actually be consuming more sugar than ever. So a lot of low fat foods, a lot of non fat foods, a lot of sugar free foods are often packed with man made chemicals and things that our body does not recognize, which can actually affect our liver, our major fat burning organ, and slow down our metabolism. Yeah, so basically it's uh, it's not really uh, eating all those burgers and fries necessarily. It's just buying the wrong stuff. Exactly. And I have heard that the best food doesn't have a label anyway. Oh, absolutely. So you don't even have to... <laughs> Just eat the good stuff if you can. Um, do you do you think that there there is again? Let's take this back to the to what is in the gut, the flora. Is there something that moves people towards obesity uh, in some cases and and away from it in other cases, depending on what's in the gut? Mm-hmm. And you know, Steve, they actually did a study and they found that the gut bacteria in overweight individuals is not the same as the gut bacteria in lean individuals. So there's definitely something going on with the gut flora that's either causing or perhaps contributing to a person being more overweight. I, I remember reading in one journal, the Journal of Nature, and they looked at gut microbes in 300 people and they actually found that those that had the lowest bacterial diversity had more abdominal fat. You're with The Natural Health Show. Thanks for being part of the program today. Still to come, our research update from Inspire Health and Dr. Hal Gunn, still with his gut flora and obesity versus non-obesity, whatever that might be called. But if the gut uh, flora is prone to obesity, can we change that gut flora? 
Absolutely, we can. And we want to be taking a probiotic every single day. I've said this before, you know, it's a multivitamin for your gut, but especially, you know, for our digestive health. And in case if somebody's trying to lose weight, they really want to make sure that they have the right microbes. How fast we burn our calories. Would that be a definition of metabolism, Sarah? Yes, it is. And, you know, one of the best ways that we can really enhance our metabolism is by getting our bodies moving and training in the right heart rate zone. Not enough people are talking about this. We often feel like if we go to the gym or we, you know, enroll in an exercise program that we have to work out at a very, very high intensity. But that may not be what's called fat burning zone. That may not be a fat burning zone. So we really want to make sure that people are training in the right heart rate zone where they're actually going to be using fat as fuel. Okay, here's my question. Is it best when you go to the gym to work on cardio or is it best to to work with um, um, resistance training? Well, it's important to do both, but if people are looking to lose weight, they want to make sure they're training in a variety of heart rate zones. So that might mean picking up a heart rate monitor and really monitoring and seeing where are you with respect to where you need to be. So usually fat burning zone is a lower heart rate zone, so it doesn't require very, very intense workouts. That combined with weight training maybe once or even twice a week could be enough for somebody. So I think it's important to move away from, you know, you need to work out five, six, seven days a week because for a lot of people that's just not realistic. Not losing weight when trying to lose weight or gaining weight right after we've had that weight loss this can all be very depressing. How do we, you know, if, if this happens, if, our, if our, uh, our weight loss program comes crashing to the ground, how do we pick up the pieces? What, what sort of tips have you got for us? It's, it's the all or nothing approach that I think is really not healthy. We want to move away from this. If you've, you know, intended on having a bite of a brownie and you ended up eating the whole tray, it's not the, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. <laughs> you know, if you didn't go to the gym on Monday, it doesn't mean, oh, okay, I'll just skip it for the rest of the week. You know, just get back on track. It's one of the best things that we can do for ourselves, Steve, is just be more gentle with ourselves and recognize that health is a journey. It's a lifelong journey. It's not going to be perfect. And, you know, we, we just want to be really mindful of what we can do every single day that's going to support long-term health. Naturopathic Dr. Sarah Selick is my guest. You're with The Natural Health Show. I'm Steve Herringer. Let's get to our research update now from Inspire Health. And here's Hal Gunn. Hi, I'm Dr. Hal Gunn, a physician at Inspire Health. Did you know... Green tea may help prevent functional disability as we age. Many studies have claimed a variety of health benefits from green tea consumption. Now a large study in almost 14,000 Japanese subjects aged 65 years or more who were followed for three years has shown a relationship between green tea consumption and overall ability to function. The incidence of functional disability was significantly lower with increased green tea consumption, with the most notable effects in subjects drinking five or more cups per day. Green tea is a source of antioxidants and other compounds thought to contribute to maintaining good health. While many studies to date have been laboratory-based, clinical studies focusing on green tea's impact on the development of heart disease and cancer have been promising. The green tea story remains a work in progress. 
Drinking reasonable quantities of green tea may just help you age more gracefully and provide you with other possible health benefits. For more research on integrative cancer care, please check Inspire Health's free online research information system at inspirehealth.ca. The Natural Health Show's research update is presented by Inspire Health. Investigate inspirehealth.ca. Continuing to add to your natural health medicine cabinet, I have a beautiful $150 natural health gift basket to give away. Compliments of today's sponsor, Renew Life. It goes to the 16th caller at 1-855-333-8647. All you have to do is say, I listen to the Natural Health Show Revolution, and today's $150 natural health gift basket is yours. 16th caller at 1-855-333-8647. More with the Natural Health Show in just a moment. Hey, it's all about taking back control of our own health and our own healing the natural way. Welcome back to The Natural Health Show. Weight loss is our topic today, and we have gone all over the place with this because, you know, sometimes our bodies kind of tend to move all over the place. Uh, we're going to get a positive spin. I, th- I hope that we have brought that to you so far with our program. Uh, you know, why do we have to go to Acme Tent Nonning for shirts and pants when whatever we needed used to be in the normal section, not the triple XL section? What can we do to change this? Well, we're, we're, we're working on ways to do that today. Sarah Selleck, N.D., is my guest. And Sarah, do you think a spring cleanse is a good way to start a weight loss program to just get us in the mood and get our body in the mood? Absolutely. So a spring cleanse is a great opportunity to improve and support liver health. Again, the liver being the number one fat-burning organ, it is a great time of year to support losing weight. Liver cleansing, general body cleansing, you want to choose a detox kit that actually supports all seven channels of elimination. So lungs, liver, colon, kidneys, blood, lymphatic system, and skin. Because by supporting all of the channels of elimination, you're going to see much more rapid results. Now, a cleanse, would that be a general cleanse you're talking about or a specific cleanse? A total body cleanse. So what that involves is usually taking, you know, four capsules a day, a mixture of different herbs. But I always encourage people, especially during the spring time, great time of year. Look at your stress levels. Look at your sleeping habits. Sleep. Actually, when we're sleep deprived, we increase a hormone called ghrelin, which increases our appetite. So we tend to eat more when we're sleep deprived. Now we spoke off air and I told you that I've started a cleanse. Mm-hmm. I'm, an, I'm the second day and I have a headache. <laughs> now I don't know whether to attribute that to the herbs in the cleanse or to the fact that I'm not drinking coffee. What do you think is the reason for Steve's headache? The reason for Steve's headache is definitely not drinking coffee. <laughs> it's not the herbs? You don't think it's the herbs? It could be. You know, it could be the herbs. But the good news is that it usually only lasts about two or three days, and then you'll start oh. feeling much better. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's good. At least 48 hours, and I'll, I'll be good. But uh, no, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a good idea. And, and it's so interesting you connecting the liver to weight loss, which I had never heard of before. But I think that's a, that's a real good thing to, uh, to keep in mind. Inflammation is always in the conversation when we're talking about disease. Is there a connection between obesity and inflammation? 
There is a connection. And interestingly, we're hearing a lot more about gut inflammation. So going back to the gut health, you know, we want to look at a person's ability to break down food, digest food, absorb the nutrients from food and eliminate and get rid of those toxins that they do not need. So when we see increased inflammation, we often see increased obesity, and we also see higher levels of liver enzymes, which indicates poor liver health. So another reason why we want to be cleansing and taking care of our liver. Okay, you're listening to the one and only Natural Health Show. Let's talk about supplements for a minute, supplements that we can take in aid of our quest for our new selves. Have you got any suggestions in terms of supplementation? I know we talked about fiber. Let's go beyond that. So beyond fiber, you know, protein is important. So if you're not getting adequate protein in the diet, a protein shake, especially one that has about 10 grams of fiber, is an excellent way to ensure you're meeting those protein requirements. Probiotics, again, stress, poor diet, all of these things can affect our natural gut microbes. And we need to make sure that we're replenishing and keeping our good and bad bad bacteria in balance. Omega-3 fatty acids also, as you know, Steve, fantastic for reducing inflammation naturally in the body. Okay, let's do a quick review of our conversation today, Sarah, and cover some of the key messages uh, regarding weight loss. That's what we've been talking about. But as I said, it's it's gone all over the place. And that's a good thing, too, because there's not only one way to to look at weight loss. Let's let's start our, our review with a look at the fiber connection to weight loss. So fiber, again, it is going to help you feel full. It is going to help curb your cravings. And for every gram of fiber, we eliminate about seven calories. So think about that. 35 grams of fiber a day, you're eliminating about 245 calories extra per day just by meeting your fiber requirements. Fiber will also slow the conversion of carbohydrates to sugar. So it's going to help with stabilizing your, your sugar levels. Very, very important. Okay, we're going to move to the M word now. The M word is is not metabolism, it's motivation. And, you know, you're a naturopathic doctor, you're also a personal trainer. Uh, you know this stuff. Where does motivation come from? I mean, what? where can we... I know that you say get back on the horse again, because if you didn't get to the gym or you ate the chocolate cake and or whatever it is that wasn't in the regime or in your mind to begin with, all of a sudden it's done. How do you pick yourself up and and start again? Sometimes we need a little bit of extra support. So that's why, you know, some people will choose to work with a trainer, sometimes working with, you know, even a healthcare professional if it's a little bit deeper than that and maybe they're really having a hard time getting started. So you want to make sure that you find that support. You also want to make sure that whatever it is that you're doing, that you're finding the joy in it. And even with food, that you're enjoying what it is that you're making. So I always encourage people to find the joy in the journey. That's going to help them stay motivated. And also measure, measure, measure. Whether you're weighing yourself once a week, whether you're monitoring your heart rate on a heart rate monitor, it really helps you sort of measure those goals and and measure your success and achievements. Would you weigh yourself every day? Absolutely not. No way. Okay. I, th- <laughs> I think that it creates a lot of unnecessary stress. Sometimes our weight goes up one or two pounds and back down the next day. I think once a week, maybe even once every other week is good. And for a lot of people, they'll work with a healthcare professional and have somebody else do the weigh-ins for, for them. Well, you know how we close the show here, Sarah, and that is to ask you uh, about uh, one of your favorite myth conceptions. I'm, I'm not lisping. I'm talking about a myth that is not... Uh, that is just that. It's a myth uh, in the natural health space. 
Uh, there are lots of them, I'm sure. But people who talk to you, your, your patients and uh, people that, that uh, come up to you after seminars, etc., that you've given, what kind of misconceptions are you finding in the natural health space that you'd like to clear up right now? Well, especially this time of year, I'm hearing a lot of uh, spring cleansing, it's a quick fix and you only lose water weight. That is a complete misconception. By improving the health of your liver, you're improving your metabolism. You're going to see long-term success if you cleanse your body and take those right liver herbs that are really going to support long-term weight loss, which is sustainable. So it's not just water waste that you're losing, you're actually losing uh, fat and improving your fat-burning organs. So the long-term benefits are remarkable. All right. Great information, Sarah. Thanks so much for coming by the studio today. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Steve. It was great. This is the Natural Health Show, where every time we hit the air, we make a point of bringing our listeners the views and opinions of top-notch natural health practitioners. We're taking back control of our health one show at a time. I hope you enjoyed this one. I'm Steve Herringer. My guest has been digestive expert, a naturopathic doctor, and homeopathic clinician, Sarah Selleck. I'll be back to close the show right after the Natural Health Show's Radical Remedies. Time now for the Natural Health Show's Radical Remedies. A look at current research-based therapies that are making a difference. Radical Remedies is brought to you by Vitarock.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Carl, MD. Sugar, obesity, and diabetes. It's a scary combination. Most people don't want to hear about healthy diets, exercise, and the end of chips, pop, and fast food. We have been hammered with this topic for what seems like ages. I thought it worth bringing up because worldwide, there are 285 million people with diabetes, and this number is expected to increase by over 50% by 2030. In Canada alone, one of every three people have diabetes or prediabetes. Prediabetes means if they don't change their lifestyle, they will develop full diabetes. So what can be done to prevent this? Stay away from simple sugars because they cause insulin spikes and lead to diabetes and obesity. But what are simple sugars? They're mostly found in pop, fruit juices, chips, white bread, white pasta, and white rice. Fast food plays a big role too, especially fries. Also, balance an increasingly sedentary lifestyle with frequent aerobic exercise. Half an hour each day is enough. But what about alternative natural remedies? Thanks to Mother Nature, there are quite a number of them. Garlic lowers fats and cholesterol and protects insulin. Ginger and turmeric increase production of insulin and cinnamon makes us feel fuller after eating and increases our metabolism so we burn more fat and sugar instead of depositing them in our arteries and blocking the flow of life. Simple changes can have big effects. Know how much sugar you're really taking in. Garlic, ginger, and cinnamon can support your efforts to find a balanced diet and enjoy a healthy life. I'm Dr. Carl, MD. The Natural Health Show's Radical Remedies is brought to you by Vitarock.com. Big thanks to special guest and naturopathic Dr. Sarah Selleck and to our sponsor this hour, Renew Life. Renew Life has made this hour possible and we thank them for helping us bring the Natural Health Show to air this weekend. Thanks also to Pat Glover and John Rothorn and my lovely program co-creator, Donna. 
As you heard on today's Health Highlights, The Natural Health Show is coming to an end. Our last show is next weekend. It has been a wonderful, creative adventure putting this show together. Over the five years of this show's existence, I have had the chance to speak with some hugely knowledgeable guests covering almost every facet of natural health and natural healing. It has been a treat. Listener feedback has been fantastically positive for what we've been doing. And we thank all of you who have taken the time to tune in over the years. You are the support we needed. And you showed that support by joining us radio side every weekend. And for that, we thank you. Remember, all of our shows will remain available for play anytime at thenaturalhealthshow.ca. Our toll-free number will remain as well at 1-855-333-8647. In coming months, you will hear from me and many highly qualified natural health experts who have also been on The Natural Health Show over the years. They will now be part of your Natural Health Minute for radio. A series of Your Natural Health Minutes are coming to a radio near you in September of this year. So listen for us. Of course, we're already on City TV in Ontario and BC with Your Natural Health Minutes for television. This one's for radio and it's brand new. We have one more weekend to go, but you know the revolution continues. Be well and be back next weekend for the last of the natural health shows. I'm Steve Herringer. Thanks for listening. And don't forget those extra pats on the back you deserve today to remind yourself of all those good things you've done and continue to do to make this world a positive and beautiful place. You make valuable contributions each and every day. And it is you who has made this show go. And we thank you next time.